All right, welcome to the first of its kind, world-changing manufacturers network. Lisa Ryan has her ears to the ground and her heart in the game. Get ongoing education and new connections right here with Lisa and the manufacturers network. Buckle your seat, listen, and spread the word. Here's Lisa. Hey, it's Lisa Ryan. Welcome to the Manufacturers Network podcast. I'm excited to introduce our guest today, retired Lieutenant Colonel Kathy Lowry Gallowitz. Kathy is a career Air Force veteran who has firsthand experience in hiring veterans and helps employers excel by hiring them. In response to 9-11, Kathy designed and executed a never-been-done-before statewide outreach office for the Ohio National Guard to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families. Kathy, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much for having me, Lisa. So share with us a little bit about your background and what led you to doing what you're doing now. Thank you very much. I'm uh, very excited to share that I grew up as a Navy kid. My dad was career active duty. So I moved around the world. Interestingly, I went to a French speaking preschool, graduated from high school in Iceland in a class of 30, went to college in Munich, Germany. I decided to join the Air Force. So Air Force nursing was my first choice career was on active duty for a few years and then went into the reserve and the guard as many guard members are part-time military. So during some of those years for me, built a, a healthcare practice where we hired veterans and I saw firsthand the incredible workers that veterans are and how they became the backbone of our company. As you mentioned in your in the introduction, Really, the crowning achievement of my career was to build that statewide outreach program for the Ohio National Guard to educate and engage civilians in support of troops and their families, because up until that point, the Guard had pretty much been a strategic reserve and not an operational force. And so when 80% of your workforce is part-time military, their needs really increased. So in particular with their employers, because most of this 80% 80 of this workforce paid their bills from their civilian employer, and most of their support, frankly, came from their civilian community. So we realized that it was a new day in how we feel the fighting force and maintain our national security, and employers were a key part of that strategy. So we wanted them to hopefully more fully appreciate the value of veteran talent what they bring to the civilian workforce, but more importantly, feel like they were a part of the team as their employees were deployed and came back home. And we wanted to help the employers through that process. And it was just a wonderful experience. My book, Beyond Thank You for Your Service, the Veteran Champion Handbook for Civilians, showcases nearly 20 civilian veteran champions, Ohioans mostly, who went above and beyond to improve quality of life, workforce, and community for our military-connected community. And again, employers were center stage in all of that. How's that for a background? That is a great background. And it's funny because we think about the worker, the, the worker shortage, how many millions of jobs will be, go unfilled. And this is really 
a an untapped potential that people don't necessarily realize the value. So what do you think as far as what unique skills and perspectives do veterans bring to the manufacturing sector that may be overlooked by employers who haven't considered even hiring them? I'll tell you what, the good news is that employers understand the business case for hiring veterans like no time, really, I think, in our nation's history. Back in probably 2011, veteran unemployment was like 12%. Now it's consistently less than 3%. Wow. So, yes. And always, always less than civilian unemployment, but generally speaking, 3% or less, um, especially in the last 12, 12 to 18 months. And so that's really a good news story. But I still think there's a large percentage of our uh, com- uh, nation that that doesn't really understand the, the value of veteran talent or how to transfer it. And I'll tell you what, in manufacturing, it's probably probably one of the most, probably one of the easiest ways to translate skills because veterans are very focused on safety in the military. It's first and foremost in our mind. Veterans uh, are very much focused in on leadership capacities and team leading and team building. Operational discipline is very important to us and drilled into us almost. Discipline generally, what is the operational tempo and how are we really going to execute this well? And then quality assurance. Uh, I worked in at the 121st Air Refueling Wing in Columbus, Ohio. I was the uh, maintenance group exec officer. Now I wasn't getting my hands dirty, but I was in the maintenance shop all the time, listening, learning, and quality assurance was just top of mind all the time. And then there's lots of structure in the military. Structure really translates well over to the manufacturing environment. And really just a, a mission focus, a get her done kind of mentality that military people have, and that is very uh, prevalent in the, uh, on the floor in manufacturing. And like we said briefly but before we started chatting, military people are grounded, practical people who enjoy working with their hands in, lar- in, in many cases, in most cases. And those are really some of the ideal reasons. Oh, never mind the technical proficiencies, be it computer or working with machineries, their ability to stay calm under pressure. I had one employer describe the military workforce as anchors in their in their workforce because they're pretty calm under pressure and know how to handle crisis and they know how to innovate, especially if you've been to the areas of operation or combat. You've got to be highly adaptable, flexible, creative for problem solving and or at home when you're working with government contracts and the supply chains are delayed and you've got to figure out how to get the job done and military people are highly mission-focused, purpose-driven, and will get the job done. So I I think that's the tip of the iceberg, if you will. Wow. I was going to say, that's quite a comprehensive list that sounds like it solves just about every issue that a manufacturer would have. I'd like to think so. I'd like to think so. A quick story. So I met a gentleman through LinkedIn who was an Air Force uh, veteran. And when he got out of the military, he went into banking. Okay. And after a while in banking, now that's a transferable skill, right? There's not too many banks in the military, but there's a lot of things people can do within the banking industry. He felt like he didn't have the similar kind of camaraderie that he had in the military. So he went out and bought a a machine shop. And because the small unit integrity, the small unit teamwork. And so that I I thought that was pretty, 
pretty fun and pretty telling about where veterans feel the most comfortable and in some of the ways that they can contribute best. And I think that's that's, that's in manufacturing. Wow. So based on your extensive experience, what do you think are some effective processes that manufacturers can adapt not only to hire veterans, but also to ensure their long-term retention and success within their organization? Some tried and true best practices for hiring veterans is to get your current veteran employees involved in every aspect of the veteran hiring life cycle. In other words, Invite them to go to career fairs with you so that a veteran's talking to a veteran that can speak the same language, right? Mm. And maybe potentially interpret for the recruiter who might be sitting there with them. When they come on board, assign them a buddy system or a sponsor or a mentor. I propose both a military and a civilian mentor so that all those silly questions that they might be afraid to ask a more official titled person, they've got someone assigned to them, both military and civilian that can really help them assimilate and just get more comfortable because it's such a, there's so much differences between a a military environment and a a civilian environment. Uh, Regardless of the size of the manufacturing company, it's really a good idea to build what I call a veteran voice committee. It can be an employee resource group, which is, you know, very popular in large corporations. It's part of the DE&I and B, diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging strategies. But whether it's nestled in the DE&I program or kind of standalone, getting your veterans together to provide informal mentoring, to provide coaching, partnership, buddy, peer mentoring is, is really helpful. And potentially, this is a source of good ideas, a source of, do you, have you thought about reworking your processes this way, that sort of thing. But bringing like-minded people together, whether it's veterans or others, is always a good idea. But veterans are very much interested in contributing and have a lot of varied experiences, I think, that could be very helpful once inside the manufacturing company. And, and then engaging those veterans and whether you have a committee or not, but leaning on those veterans to help be your talent ambassadors outside the company so that they can talk to the people they've served with or that they know and can talk very proudly about the great culture that the company has and invite them to participate. It's a great source of ideas about how to market to them, how to retain them, ask them questions, get them involved. Most veterans want to contribute, and that's a great way to keep them engaged and retain them. So if somebody is not used to hiring military talent, I would imagine that there's some kind of transition going from public service to private industry. So how do you acclimate them to how the business works. I, I don't know. Are there some challenges that employers should think about to, to ease that transition to a new way of thinking and working and being with people? It is a big transition, Lisa. You nailed it. Because the culture between the military and civilian life is very different. The structure, maybe the direct communication style, the decision-making processes sometimes are more loose than they are in the military and just not necess- not knowing how to function. And so having a terrific onboarding process is really ideal. 
maybe doing a little bit longer than you might do it for a civilian. Certainly a civilian who's worked in a manufacturing environment like that has a different need for onboarding than someone who's fresh out of the military. Because when we take off that uniform, it's really, it can be an identity crisis for people. That uniform is very much a part of who they are. And that sense of purpose really changes. And I can't tell you how really important that is to most military people. And so if you can get them aligned and excited about the the mission of the company, that's really going to help. Assigning them buddies is really important. Offering them career ladders, clear pathways for advancement is something that military people are really used to and helps any company succeed. And so I highly recommend that. And, and being willing to coach them. A quick story, not a manufacturing company, but a, a franchise, SurfPro, this very delightful kind of mild-mannered lady hired a sort of rough-and-tumble infantry army guy who's used to being out in the combat field. And his communication style may have been a little bit more direct or a little bit more rough than she was comfortable with. Now, I contend that probably in manufacturing, the communication styles being, again, predominantly male-dominated male and that the guys, the, the military guys will fit in really well. But if perchance, if perchance that's not the case, I highly recommend sooner rather than later having that constructive conversation and saying, hey, just give them a little bit of help them, help them maybe soften some of those um, edges that might help at work. But in manufacturing, again, male to male, willing to get your hands dirty in some cases, that's less of a concern really than, than it might be in other areas. So does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah. it's just, I think it's just the importance of knowing that when you're bringing someone in, like you said, particularly fresh out of the military, it's just a, a completely different way of living, complete yes. from, like you said, yes. the identity crisis, because they're not wearing a uniform. They're not, you know, taking those direct, getting told exactly what to do, when to do it, all of that kind of stuff. So just realizing, and then you also said the direct communication. And so maybe there is some way of, bringing people, you know, offering that part of the training as far as effective communications and emotional intelligence and all of that, which, which kind of, like you said, softens that edge a little bit. But that patience, just knowing that, listen, this person's been doing it for two, four, eight, 20 years, right. how long they've been in the military, and there's definitely going to be a change. And there is, it, it is a huge transition. Um and so I appreciate you recognizing that, but in, in offering feedback is really important because military people are used to receiving feedback. Most of us are pretty thick skinned and want nothing more than to excel and contribute. They, they want the company to succeed. The other thing I wanted to mention is a huge transition element beyond the structure is that there's a lot of camaraderie because we're all committed to this higher purpose and we're all looking out for each other's back. In the military, you have to be prepared for someone to not be there, particularly if they were in combat. And so we're a very tight-knit group, and we have each other's back. And we really like and want that in our work environment. And if we don't see, that's very disheartening for, mm. for military people, okay? The other thing I want to clear up is that Yes, in the military, there may be some direct communication and you got to get her done. You got to get her done fast. But military people uh, are not robots. 
military people are innovative. Military people are critical thinkers, and we can mm-hmm. do a lot more than bark orders. So I just want to emphasize. Oh, sure. Yeah. And sometimes those are some misconceptions, though, that people have. And so it's important to consider that. And a really important strategy for every employer is to have some kind of military culture training to help Mm. people understand some of these things we've already talked about. Why is that? Where are they coming from? How can I maybe relate to them in a way that's more comfortable for me? But just having an appreciation for where military people come from and why that military culture training really helps everybody get on the same sheet of music. Hmm. About that. Could you elaborate a little bit on how Vanguard Veteran assists civilian employers in becoming veteran champions and what this might mean for the manufacturing industry specifically? That is, that is the million dollar question. Thank you for asking <laughs> that. You, you bet. Um, military culture training is something that we provide uh, for, for anybody just to help you get more familiar with these great employees and and what they bring to the workforce. We offer speaking opportunities for what is a veteran champion? How do you become a veteran ready employer? How do you build a diverse workforce workplace for your veteran employees? A wide range of topics surrounding how to excel with veteran hiring. Um, I offer a Veteran Talent Academy a couple times a year, virtual and in person, to cover the fundamentals of veteran hiring and or the the best tactics for retention. Some of those we've already covered. Love to help employers build a veteran talent strategy, focusing on the external relationship building, distinguishing the company as veteran friendly, and then working internally on the processes to move the company towards becoming veteran ready so that talent acquisition, marketing, HR, your veterans voice committee are all talking with each other. And a veteran ready employer is uh, more of an architect than an advocate. A veteran friendly employer is more of an advocate, not an architect. It's really good to just, everybody has some uh, has techniques, every, departments, different departments know how to speak to veterans to message them. HR, talent acquisition knows how to interview veterans with and understand some of their behaviors. And so there's a lot of pieces and parts to it that it's really not rocket science. It's just taking some interest and leaning in and kind of meeting that veteran halfway. Because I tell you, Lisa, when people leave the service, not only is it an identity loss and a camaraderie loss, and just how do you function in an unstructured or a less structured environment, but it's just, it takes a lot of time to to do that transition. And, and so they oftentimes aren't that prepared. There you go. That's what I was trying to think of. Mm. They aren't as prepared maybe as they could be because when you're working in the military, you're responding to the needs of the service. And so you may have some choice in where you work, but more often than not, you you are placed where you are needed and you are expected to develop skills and the aptitude to, to do a good job with it more often than not. And so when you take off the uniform, you may not really have a good understanding of what your strengths are and what your aptitudes Mm -hmm. are because you really haven't focused in on it and you haven't really been helped to identify what those are. And so it's a, that's another big part of the transition is who am I really? What really Mm -hmm. makes me tick? 
And where am I going to excel the most? That's really where happiness and fulfillment comes from is if you know who you are, you know what you're good at, and you put yourself in your areas of your strengths, then things work a lot better at that point. Would you agree? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to back up a little bit because you said about being an advocate, which I understand, but what do you mean by being an advocate instead of an architect? An advocate, simply put, is, yeah, those veterans are great workers. They show up on time. They know how to follow orders. Yeah, I want to advocate that for them and get them in my workforce. An architect is like a blueprint without over-exaggerating over it, but just saying, okay, they're here now, and we want to attract more. So marketing has a role. Talent acquisition has a role. HR, DE&I has a role. And so what is the plan to really make it hum to really make it work so that, boom, that new hire comes in and everybody knows how to assimilate that person and everybody's following the strategic plan to really help that veteran succeed. Does, how's that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And so what do you think are some of the best practices then that you are um, sharing at your Veteran Talent Academy that somebody listening to this podcast could implement? Um, knowing where to find veteran talent, some of the different sources, be it service specific, be it state specific, be it federal or nationwide nonprofits. So how do you connect with that talent? How do you use military skills translators? What are those? How do you use them to help you prepare for your interview? How do you put that person at ease and interpret what they're saying or what they're not saying? Because another part of military culture is that we don't self-promote. That is, there is no I in mm. team. And so in an interview, that can be pretty tough, right? When you're trying to identify what this person's strengths are, and maybe they don't know to begin with, or they, I shouldn't talk about myself. That's an exaggeration. But messaging, what kind of images and messages will really resonate with a job seeker, right? I've talked about several of them, how to uh, engage your veteran employees in all aspects of the veteran employment life cycle, how to get involved out in the community and where you should look for opportunities so that you're really putting your money where your mouth is. And because that's an effective retention strategy for those who are currently employed by you. And I think I've given a pretty good overview of that. The first part of Veteran Talent Academy is the fundamentals attraction, hiring, and and then the second part focuses in on retention, messaging, and the veteran employee resource group, and the onboarding process. And so I really talked, I've hit on most of that already. Okay. So as we're starting to get to the end of our time together, is there anything that I you wish that I would have asked you that we have not talked about yet? The question is, why are veteran champions important? And why is this work my life's calling? There you okay. go. Big All question. right. Big question. Before the age of 35, I had lived in at least 20 different communities. As I told you, I lived in the Columbus, Ohio area for about 25 years and moved to Lancaster, Ohio after separating from active duty service. And really felt like my experiences had been very different from most of mainstream America. Like I'd never been to a funeral until I was 40 years old, at least not uh, a non, uh, I'd been to a family member's funeral, but not a uh, community member's because I didn't know people well enough, right? 
Mm. Uh, went, went through a nasty divorce um, at the age of 40. And my first veteran champion, Laura, came alongside me. And she was in my community. She was there to help me because I was new to the community, didn't have many friends. And it just dawned on me, man, I've moved a lot. And I know people, I can call people, but how much more wonderful is it to have somebody in your community who knows and loves you and can help you through tough times? So that was my early reflections. And then as the director of community outreach for the Ohio National Guard, oh man, it was so rewarding to see the pleasure, the satisfaction, if not maybe the pride that I saw civilians own, take when they were doing substantive things to help service members and going beyond, thank you for your service. Quick story, I was interviewing a, uh, a businesswoman about her experience in veteran hiring. She started to explain to me about how she had built a veteran hiring program in her company 10 years ago. And she said, Kathy, I get goosebumps telling you about this. 10 years prior, Lisa, that's how much, how invested many of our, many citizens are in helping our service members. There's a lot of people who wanted to serve in the military, but couldn't for a reason or another. But they're like, I couldn't serve, but I want to do more to help the military because they serve and sacrifice so much for us. But I really don't know how. I don't know what to do, but it gives me great joy to be able to do that. So I ask you, Lisa, who in our country, in your neighborhood, is responsible for or owns cultivating civilian veteran champions? The answer is, I don't know. Most <laughs> of us have never thought about it. And frankly, there, there isn't an agency or a department that consistently does this. Now, there's lots of kind of ad hoc support. And certainly, uh, the American public appreciates military service and does things. But it's one thing to say thank you for your service. It's great to do care packages. But the idea about a veteran champion is to follow up with your actions. Follow up with your, okay, know about military culture differences. Know that a military person is going to feel disconnected from mainstream America. Be assertive. Be action-oriented to show up when needed, to understand some of the <clears throat> strategies you can do to help out. And so the book is chock full of practical strategies from wherever you are in life, whether you're an employer, lawyer, healthcare provider, educator, clergy, or a community member, what can you do that goes beyond, thank you for your service, to improve quality of life, workforce, or community? No action is too small. It's not rocket science. Everybody can be part of the veteran champion movement. It just has to be top of mind. And so the book helps you maybe reframe and be more proactive. And the most important thing is to act. So that's why veteran champions are important because it's tough to assimilate back into civilian culture. And these are some of the um, things that employer veteran champions can do. And I'm assuming that, it, so tell us a little bit about your book. I'm assuming it's on Amazon, but it how is. would people get it? It is on Amazon. Yes. An easy read, very, I think it builds insight and I hope inspires people to, to want to do more because every one of us can do more. We just have to another. So one of the, uh, there was a physician in the book 
He was very active in our outreach program. And he says, I didn't have any idea about the needs of military people until I was invited to participate in some of the events that we did. And he says, so many of us go through life just looking at what's in front of us because of the demands of our life and have no idea about the needs of other people that are all around us, but we just don't, haven't thought about it or explored it. And this gentleman not only thought about it, but he took action to lobby on behalf of the Ohio State Medical Association and the American Medical Association to support funding, to support education, to help physicians and others understand more about military culture. And so there's so much that people can do that's in line with what they're already doing. It it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be a a, a big time-consuming thing, but can be rolled into what you're already doing within your circle of influence or within your career that'll make a big difference for those who have served and sacrificed so much for us. Wow. Kathy, I have so enjoyed, I've learned a lot from you. I've, it's really, I love your passion and the good work that you're doing, not only for the veterans that you serve with, but also to really expand that reach to our manufacturing community. So thank you. So if people did want to continue the conversation with you, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? My email is Kathy with a K and a Y at Vanguard Veteran Singular. Kathy with a K and a Y at VanguardVeteran.com. And my website is VanguardVeteran.com. Love to talk to you. Let's, let's get more and more of these great workers into your workforce. You will benefit greatly and you will make a big difference for those who have done so much for us. Awesome. Kathy, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Lisa. Keep up the great work. Uh, I hope we can stay in touch. Thanks. I'm Lisa Ryan, and this is the Manufacturers Network Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Manufacturers Network Podcast. Do me a favor and share this podcast with your friends and colleagues so we can grow this network and connect more fantastic folks just like you. You can either send your buddies to the website at manufacturers-network.com or Share the Manufacturers Network podcast on your LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you and your industry friends hang out. The bigger and faster we grow the network, the stronger and deeper the community will all have. Thanks again, and I appreciate you.